Then take your Bibles, Mark chapter 1 is where we are in our series in Mark. And aren't you thankful for the security that you have in the blood of Jesus Christ? And thank you, Yvonne, for that song this morning. We are in our series uh, in the uh, Gospel of Mark that we started a couple of weeks ago on a Sunday night and then continued on last Sunday morning, Mark chapter 1. Let's bow for a word of prayer, and then we will continue this. Lord, we thank you for your blessings to us today, your mercy upon us. We thank you, Lord, that though the rains come and the winds blow, Lord, thank you for the blood of Jesus that never goes away. Lord, for the faith, the faithfulness that you have shown to us. Lord, those of us who we are so undeserving. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and kindness to us. And thank you for what you've done through and in Jesus Christ, as we will see as we go through this gospel, good news of Mark. And Lord, we just pray that now you will help us, help us to see the things that you would have us to see. And uh, Lord, may we walk out of here today having grown, having been fed from the Word of God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Gospel of Mark is one, of course, of four Gospels that uh, are recorded for us in the Bible. Last week, we took a little bit of time and went through, of course, not having the time today to go through all of the things we went through last week. I wish we did. But uh, the timeline that we put up here on the screen uh, showing us the uh, beginning of these things in the New Testament, showing us all of these books of the Bible and how they were written and when they were written. Uh, Of course, the beginning of all of this is the life of Jesus Christ. It begins there on our timeline with the birth of Jesus, uh, going through A.D. 30, 33, 34. And the, the, the block there of red is the time of the life of Jesus where he was ministering. Uh, about approximately four years. And then after that, of course, um, the uh, Apostle Paul uh, is born again on the road to Damascus. We have the books that he wrote. We have the Gospels being wrote. We saw how the first Gospel is Mark. Mark is the first Gospel written and written approximately 30 or so years after Christ uh, when this first account was given. And then we went back and saw that all of those things that took place afterward was following what began with the gospel, began with Mark, began with Matthew, John, and Luke, and the accounts that we have in those gospels. But that all of those gospels are just the beginning. That was our main point last week. Just the beginning of this thing. Jesus ascends into heaven, and we spent a good deal of time on that last week, talking about what it means that Jesus is sitting on the right hand of power It doesn't mean he got tired and was finished with his job and the end and uh, uh, we just go on with life and uh, they lived happily ever after. No, that was just the start. And it tells us that in the book of Mark, the very first word in the gospel of Mark is the beginning, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God. And after that beginning, after he ascends into heaven and ascends to the throne room of heaven and is seated on the right hand of the majesty on high. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ has been given at that time all power over principalities and powers. He is truly the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And then we go from there. We have the book of Acts, which is the Acts of the Apostles, which is truly the Acts of the Holy Spirit, the Acts of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
through his body on this earth. We go through all of the letters, through all the epistles, up to AD 70, they're on our timeline, which is with such a change for Israel. And then beyond, and of course, our message last week was, we are part of this story. Jesus Christ is continuing his ministry in this world. And um, what an encouragement that that is to us. These gospel records are the historical accounts of the beginning of the gospel, the good news that the world and all of history had been waiting for. We saw this verse last week in Malachi chapter 3. Part of Malachi chapter 3 is verse 2 of Mark chapter 1. Let's read that first. Mark chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way before thee. That's the first part of the verse we have on the screen. The rest of that verse says, And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. And he did come, and we're going to see that. That's what the gospel of Mark is all about. The account of this second messenger, the account of the first messenger coming, which we'll see is John the Baptist, and then the account of the second messenger who came, which is, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, last week, we jumped ahead a little bit of all this gospel, didn't we? We saw what came of it. We saw how the Lord Jesus worked and has continued to work and is working today. Now, today, we're going to go back a little bit. And I, and I debated doing this today, but I feel like the Lord led me to do this and set this backdrop, set the table here before we actually dive into the book of Mark and get into the meat of it. And it's so very much needed for the world that we live in today. Long, long before this gospel's beginning, long before verse 1 was written or before verse 1 happened, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, God had been up to something. He's been working throughout human history. The bringing in of the Messiah, the bringing in of this one, who would redeem fallen man and restore all things to himself, who would establish, Bible says, the Bible says, who would establish righteousness, the kingdom of God. God worked marvelously in establishing a nation, the nation of Israel, with the promise of this coming Messiah through that nation. The Lord told Abraham, In thee, Abraham, shall all the nations of the world be blessed. And of course, he was talking about the coming of Jesus Christ, who we now look back on and see. All of this is setting the scene for the gospel of Mark. What has God been up to? It's been quite a long time since God created the world, isn't it? It's been quite a few years. I said this last week, I think I wish I had a timeline to show you the whole of the, since creation up until now. It's been a long time since the fall of man. What has God been up to? What has he been doing? What is he working on to accomplish? What is God after? When all things were as they should be, all the way back in the garden, God was king, and he walked with, and he had fellowship with his people. All was complete. All was good, everything was holy, everything was right. 
But you know the story, man's rebellion, utter rebellion, destroyed that relationship between God and man. And man, acting just like his new father, who the Lord says is the devil, man acting just like Satan replaced this true and living God with the God of their own, small g. And the God that they replaced the true and living God with was self. Self now became their God. Really, Satan is behind it. The devil is behind all of this. And the central stronghold of rebellion against God, and it has been ever since, and against his justice, is the citadel or the stronghold that's right here, the heart of man. This is the stronghold that we have to deal with. We often call it the flesh that we deal with. This fortress, this stronghold in our hearts that wants to be our own God, that wants to be our own king, that wants to serve me. Do you deal with that in your life? We all do, don't we? All of mankind deals with this. Every man, every woman, every child that's ever been born outside of Jesus Christ has dealt with this since Adam and Eve. It is the citadel. It is the stronghold. It is the fortress. This problem that we have right here and this problem that you have right there in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, out of it flows all of the other problems that we have in this world. You say, well, what is, the, what is our problem today? Would you agree we have some There's a few problems going on, amen? All of it, every single bit of it flows from right here in the heart of man, from this fortress, from this citadel, from this stronghold of evil that has to be torn down. Something's got to happen right here. And when we get in the gospel of Mark, that's why it's such, that's why it's gospel. That's why it's good news. Because God did it. God has solved our problem. We just many times have forgotten. Or we don't realize what God has done. Or we don't remember or people don't know what God has done. God has been up to setting this thing straight. God is after redeeming all things that belong to him. And all things belong to him. And this begins in the heart. It begins in the heart of men and women and boys and girls. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And that's what the Gospel of Mark is all about. So, through a very, very, very long process, God established this nation called Israel. And God gave His laws, did He not? A very long process through all the details of all the laws. Why did He give those laws? Here's why, in a nutshell. So that you and I might see God for who He is and see ourselves for who we are. The law of God in the Old Testament, all those laws and the old promises, the old covenant is a measuring stick so that we can see how wicked we are. We can see this heart for what it really is. All those laws show us how holy and how righteous God is and we contrast our wicked hearts with that. Because what do we tend to, if we don't have that to contrast our hearts to, then we're all comparing ourselves amongst ourselves and I come out looking pretty good when I can compare to other people that are worse than me. 
I don't really see myself for who I really am. And when I compare myself with God and his standard and his holiness, as it says in the New Testament, we all fall short of the glory of God. And we have a really, really big problem. Matter of fact, it's a desperate problem. And God then, through his prophets, gave his promise, gave his promises concerning one who was going to come, this Messiah who was going to bring in righteousness. God establishes Israel. Boy, it took a long time, didn't it? We learned that last week. God's timetable is not always our timetable. Many times God does things very, very slowly, according to us. Now, in his eyes, a day is but a thousand, a thousand years is but a day. But it takes, sometimes God works and he works slowly and he's testing our patience. And he's testing our faith in him. But he promised to his prophets that one day, one was coming. He's going to come. A messenger is going to come. Let me show you one of those prophets here on the screen, Daniel. Daniel's an amazing man in the Old Testament. God gave Daniel some amazing information. Some, some of the most clear, even timelines, you talk about a timeline, even dates. And if you, if you add these things up, it works right out. God's, this book is amazing, folks. It's real. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people. We don't have time to get into all of this. You can add the times up later. And upon thy holy city, Daniel, Jerusalem, to finish, now look at all these phrases, to finish the transgression, to make an end of what? Sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity or sin, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and the prophecy, and that simply means fulfill it, and to anoint the most holy. That's a prophecy given to Daniel way before it happened. We will see the fulfillment of this in the Gospel of Mark. Let me show you another one. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 says, And a new heart. A new what? Our problem is our heart. And a promise made to the people of God through Ezekiel was that God said, I'm going to give you a new heart. And a new spirit I will put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. In other words, if you have a heart of stone, brother, you're dead. Right? If somebody's heart is like a rock, if somebody's heart is stone, that person's not dead and dying. They're dead. There's no beep on the machine. It's a flatline. I will take away that dead heart. I will take away that stony heart and I will give you a heart that's alive and living and flesh and I will put my spirit within you and I will cause you to walk in my statutes. I will cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Now, isn't that quite a promise? What a promise. A lot of it would have been foggy to the people who have received it in that day. To us, it's as clear as crystal as we can look back on it now and see exactly what God has done. And that's what we will see through a gospel such as Mark. You see, Jesus Christ, now get this this morning, he always conquers this city first. And that's absolutely necessary. It's absolutely necessary for everything we're, li we're living through today in America. Amen? We want to solve these problems today? 
Do we want to see righteousness prevail in America? Do we want to see the things that we just shake our heads at and can't believe that we're seeing? Do we want them to be fixed? Do we want the problems around the world to be fixed today? It has everything to do with that verse right there. Because until that kingdom is conquered, no other kingdom can be conquered. That's why Jesus came to solve this problem first. Christ always conquers this citadel first and rebuilds that city into a new city with walls governed by His Spirit, keeping the law of God, doing the things God has told us to do. God wants us to obey Him, obey His principles, do what He has told us to do, and not just to obey them, but to want to obey them, to love Him from our hearts, not just to go through motions, not just to go through what we've been told to do, but to obey Him from our hearts. So He takes away our wicked, stony hearts, and He gives us hearts that can do His will and that want to do His will. And this is really good news for you and for me today. We live in a day and in a society that is ruled more and more and more by passion and lust. That's always been the problem. That's nothing new in 2018. But in our own country, it's just getting worse and worse, isn't it? People, what are they ruled by? What are they following? What, what are they living according to? Well, they're ruled by their passions, ruled by their lusts. We see families broken everywhere. We see children being mistreated. Politics is in a mess. Look at Hollywood. Unborn babies being murdered, men marrying men. What in the world? What's going on? Well, people are being ruled by their passions and their lust. They do whatever they want to do, whenever they want to do it. And if it feels good, do it. That's what we're being told. That's what we're being taught. That's how people live. This is a gospel that's been preached to them. What is this the gospel of? Well, let me give you an illustration I heard somebody give. I thought it was pretty good. I don't want to offend anybody this morning. But this is just an example. This is the gospel of Disney. Say the gospel of Disney. Oh, no. Mr. Pastor Seeds will pick on Disney this morning. Well, a little bit. What do you mean the gospel of Disney? Well, for a long time now, it's been preached to us this message. Follow your heart. Follow your heart. Follow your heart. Is that what the Bible tells us to do? To follow our heart? Well, yeah, you do what seems right to you. You do what feels right to you. Whatever you want to do, that's what you need to do. But it's going to be hard along the way. Now, you think about it. You think about the stories that we've heard, the, 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 maybe the movies that you've watched. I'm not talking about all of them, of course. Um, there's probably some good innocent things that a group like Disney has put out many years ago, I think. But, um, but what's the underlying messages that we're being... And, it, and again, this is not... It's not just Disney. This is the culture that we live in. This is just a point I'm making, a part of it. Okay? So the, the, the storyline is this. It's going to be hard. You've got to do what feels right, though. You've got to do what, what you feel like you need to do. Right? You need to. You have to. And yet, it's not. it'll be tough along the way. But in the end, when the credits finally roll, why everyone in the story will know and they will finally admit you were right after all. And the plot usually isn't it that 
that, okay, there's like a girl who dates some dangerous boy and um, falls in love and everything turns out fine. The parents were saying, no, don't do it, don't do it to the daughter. The daughter disobeys, but yet the parents end up realizing finally in the end, the daughter was right after all. And there's a big wedding, there's a big party, everybody's happy. And of course, you had to follow your heart. You had to do what felt good. Folks, it's a big lie. Again, I'm not picking on Pinocchio. But it's a lie. Let me show you what the Bible says about our hearts. Now, I want you to take this verse in for a minute. Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful. Amen? The heart is deceitful, but the Bible doesn't stop there. It's almost like God takes this verse through Jeremiah and he just keeps prying it in. He keeps showing us and making the point. The heart is deceitful above all things. How deceitful is the heart? Above all things. And it's wicked. But it's not just wicked. What does God say? Desperately wicked. And he doesn't even end there. Who can know it? Now, I think God's trying to tell us something about our wicked hearts. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? When people are ruled by their passion, by their lust, it does not end well. It's not happily ever after. It doesn't get better. There's not a happy ending to that story. Folks, look around. We've been living according to this lie for decades now in the West, in America. Is it ending well? It's not ending well at all. We've been told for decades now to follow your heart, follow your heart, follow your heart. And if you follow that thing right there, you're going to end up in a place you never thought. It's not a happy ending. And folks, we're getting ready to go off the cliff if we don't figure out what the problem is. Aren't you glad we have the answer? And it's not hard but we're so blinded. No, follow your heart is not a good idea. It's the way of every man doing what is right in his own eyes. And when every man does what's right in his own eyes, the word for that is anarchy. The word for that is chaos. The source of anarchy is the heart of man. That's why this has to be conquered. That's why this stronghold has to be conquered first. Unless the heart of sinful man is changed, unless the heart of sinful man is renewed, unless the heart of sinful man is reformed, the kind of heart that is self-governed by the Holy Spirit of God, it's all doomed to fall. All civil governments, all family governments, all church governments, all business governments, and we could go on and on, there's nothing that can stand until this gets renewed, until this gets remade. There's no governing of these things until you're governed well. There's no proper governing of the government of the United States of America until I'm governed well or until the leaders are governed well. So there's two choices. There's either self-government or temperance, as our Bible puts it, or self-control governed by the Holy Spirit of God or there's anarchy. You can go turn the news on today. You can go online and pull up one of the news Pastor's right there, and you can see anarchy right in front of your face. That's the end of this story of following your heart. All because of what flows out of our hearts. When you have chaos raging inside of you with those evil desires and evil demands, 
That's what's going to come out when you follow your heart. And there's a battle that's raging between these two things. Those who are ruled or governed by the old ways of the flesh and those for whom those old ways have been crucified in Jesus Christ. The flesh no longer rules them. They're not governed by their passion and their lust any longer. They're now ruled by the Spirit. Now, we're going to go to Galatians 5 in just a minute, but before we do, let me mention this. The world sees that there's a problem. Everybody sees there's something wrong that's going on. But their ideas to fix the problem always lead us into greater problems. Their idea to fix the problem in the society of anarchy and chaos inevitably lead us to what we call statist forms of governments. You say, are you getting into politics here, Brother Steve? The Bible has everything to do with our politics now. The Bible has everything to do with how we live and whether we're going to have our freedoms continue or not. The answer to the problems that we're facing, Jesus came and solved it. Jesus came and gave us the answer to our problems. But the world sees there's a problem, and, and so their idea to fix it is a status form of government. That's a political system in which the state, the state becomes God. It has centralized control over social affairs. It has centralized control over the economic affairs. And we call those things socialism and communism and Marxism. And the idea is opposite from what God has told us. God has said the problem, where does it stem from? Right here. But this says the problem is out there. The problem is around us, so if we can get all that fixed, we get all that ordered and organized and getting people educated right and all of that, then we could have utopia. But that's not the way it works. Jesus said, didn't he say this? It's not what goes into a man that defiles the man, it is what comes out of him. Because it's coming from that heart that's so desperately wicked. So, if we can get all the problems organized the right way, they say. But the problem is you cannot get a just nation from unjust men. You can't. We tried it. The world's tried it. It doesn't work. Oh my, it doesn't work. You can't turn people into just people from the outside. The heart has to be changed. And that's why we say, man, that church always says the same thing. Answer still the gospel. Answer still the gospel. Why do we say that? Because the answer is still the gospel. <laughs> the answer is still the gospel. The problem's here in the heart of man. And the only thing that can solve that is Jesus Christ and what he did for us. That's it. That's the only thing that's going to solve this problem. If I can go to my kids in my home and I can say, okay, kids, I'm the head of this house. Bless God, I'm the head of this house and you're going to be gracious. Does that make gracious kids? They can obey me. They can do what I say. That's not how you make gracious kids. It's got to be from the inside. From the inside out. If your heart isn't just, you can't do justice. If your heart isn't clean, you can't bring purity into the world. If your heart is not governed by the Spirit of Christ or the Holy Spirit, Romans chapter 8, you cannot bring good governance into the world. You can't. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. And if the people of the society's spirit who has to be renewed, their heart has to be, if their city is broken down, then that city on a hill that Ronald Reagan used to talk about is not going to last very long. It comes from inside the heart. Let's end with Galatians chapter 5 this morning. Galatians chapter 5. 
You say, Brother Steve, I thought you were doing a series in Mark. We're leading up to that. This is setting the stage for the coming. The coming of the one who brought the good news, who took care of this problem for us. Oh, Jesus came and died and rose again and went to heaven for so much more than just going to heaven. Isn't that a blessing? You're going to go to heaven one day? Oh, but my goodness, it was so much more than just that. Galatians chapter 5. Let's see the contrast beginning in verse 19. Galatians chapter 5 beginning in verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Now think about these things. Are we seeing any of this work of the flesh today in our world? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness. You know, God laid it out a long time ago, didn't he? If you follow your heart, you're going to have uncleanness and lasciviousness, which is idolatry, which is image worship and witchcraft, and hatred, variance, that's quarreling, emulations, that's envy, wrath, Strife, that's contention. Seditions, that's divisions. Heresies, envyings or jealousy. Murders, drunkenness, revelings, that's another word for rioting or mobs, and such like. It's not a happy ending, is it? Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God, but... Contrast, the fruit of this new spirit, this new and living way, this God who comes in and takes away the heart of stone and gives you a heart of, that's living and alive. The fruit of the spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance or self-control. Against such there is no law, and they that are Christ have crucified that old flesh with the affections passions and the lusts, those things that were driving us before. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. This is what God's been doing for a long time. Remember our verse in Ezekiel chapter 36? New heart I will also give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. We need a new heart. When you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit is given to to you. The Holy Spirit takes up residence, as we often say. And these fruits begin to emerge. Love, true love, true joy. True peace, true self-government. And the prophet said that one day God was going to give his people those new hearts. He was going to give us all a heart transplant. One was going to come one day to take away our hearts of stone. He will put his own spirit in his people who will cause them to walk in his statutes and keep his judgments. A heart that wants to obey God not enslaved to sin and the flesh, but loves God and wants to serve Him. One day God said, I'm going to send my messenger. Go back to Mark chapter 1, and I just want to point one thing out and we're done. 
Well, did God accomplish what he was setting out to do? Did it ever happen? Did the promises ever come true? Mark chapter 1. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. And then he goes on to tell us about John, the Baptist we'll pick up next week. Malachi 3.1 on the screen, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in, behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Next week we will get into Mark, and we will see the beginning. He came, he came, and he has come to take care of our problem. Do you know this Savior today? How's your heart today? Are you still living with that stony, dead heart of your father, the devil? The God of your life really actually is you. But he's drawing you. O soul, are you weary, troubled, no light in the darkness you see? That list that we saw in Galatians, that first list, yeah, that kind of wraps, sums up your life. Dark, there's light for a look at the Savior. Jesus Christ came and he'll give you a new heart today. If you'll put your faith in the blood that he shed on that cross, as Yvonne sang a minute ago. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, let's stand to our feet this morning. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Appreciate your attention today. But will you let the Lord work in your heart today? Will you let God work in your life this morning? And I'm talking to every single one of us this morning. You may be a soul that's standing here at this pew today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior. You've never put your faith in Him. And you know it. Maybe you've even lived like you had. But today, all you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord. We haven't gotten into all that in our gospel. But we know the truth. What a privilege it is to live where we live today, on this side of the gospel, looking back, having all of this before us. O soul, are you weary and troubled? As the piano plays today, would you call upon Jesus Christ? If you need help, if you need someone to talk to or pray with, you come and let us know. Christian today, what about our hearts? Maybe we've been given that new heart in our life. God has been gracious to us and sought us out. We called upon the Lord Jesus Christ. We repented of our sins. We said, oh Lord, could you save a sinner like me? Lord, could you even save a sinner like me? And he did. Amen. But maybe you've drifted. Maybe you've been disillusioned because the devil's powerful. Maybe you've been thinking, well, God, if you're so powerful, what, where are you? What are you doing? Can I assure you today he's as alive as he's ever been and he's working mightily. Maybe you just need to renew your faith in him today. Call out to him and say, God, I'm sorry. Use me, Lord. 
Use me. In this world, in the day we live in today, use me for your honor and glory. Lord, help me to speak Christ into everything I speak. Help me to live Christ in every way I live. Help me, Lord God, to be the Christian you want me to be today. You don't know what impact God can have on your life, through your life, to bring people to the Savior so He can change their hearts. Let's just ask the Lord to help us this morning. Take a minute of quiet. Talk to the Lord. If you need help today, come and let us know. Run to Jesus Christ today if you need to run to Him.